following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. Joining us, Adarsh Meshru, Philip Sexton, Mike Johnson, our host, Tom Dupree. This week, we'll be talking about, well, the theme of the show will be, Am I Ready to Retire? As always, if you miss something in this live edition, you can always find it at DupreeFinancial.com under the blog and radio tab. Here's our host, Tom Dupree. Okay, I'm going to read a little bit here. This is from the album, The Who by Numbers, 1975. And I should say that they had had some major successes prior to this. And that, uh, anyway, let me, let me say, sometimes this happens, you have a letdown after a great success. You can't sustain your former level of success. You can't keep pulling it off. This is from uh, Peter Townsend. The songs were written with me stoned out of my brain in my living room, crying my eyes out, detached from my own work and from the whole project. I felt empty. After concluding the album tour for Quadrophenia in June 1974, The Who took an extended hiatus and did not perform live for more than a year. John Entwistle kept himself occupied by playing solo gigs. In addition, the band spent this time filming Tommy, the movie, and My Namesake, they named that for me, based on the rock opera of the same title. This was their first album on Polydor. Okay. This is, let me just see here. Uh, I felt partly responsible because the Who recording schedule had, as usual, dragged on sweeping all individuals and their needs aside. This is when the gig gets bigger than the person. Glenn worked harder. That's Glenn Johns, who was the producer, than I've ever seen him. He had to because the tracks were weak or poor, but because the group was not because the tracks were weak or poor, but the group was so useless. We played cricket between takes or went to the pub. I'd never done that before. 
I felt detached from my own songs. From the whole record, recording the album seemed to take me nowhere. This is Peter Townsend, who's really kind of a musical perfectionist, but everybody can hit a low point, yet it shows through in this album. The album is a major work, in my opinion, and will only get better and more listened to as time goes by because of what it took to put it out. And, you know, we think these people that are musicians and whatnot can just keep doing Now, you can go into Eagles mode. When's the last time they had a new record, or a new song, new new hit? Probably, uh, I guess the last album was maybe seven years ago, seven, eight okay. years ago. Something so like they that. have put something out. But I bet that's not what people ask for in a concert. No, 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 for sure. Yeah. And, and, and so the thing of it is, you can keep imitating yourself. Oh, we were really good back then. Let's do it again. Yeah. You know, and because they'll pay for it and they pay more now for it because everybody's nostalgic for, oh, how it used to be. But you can't go back. That's the thing. Nobody can. And you can't do you can't do it in our business. You can't duplicate 2010. You cannot go back. You got to go forward. What's the next deal? I admire the fact that they slogged through it and put this album out. I mean, being a musician, I'm not one. I know a few. It ain't easy. It's like being an athlete, like like being Michael Jordan. You know, can you keep? Can your body keep doing what it is? So I just think it's interesting. It's it's worth talking about, and uh, it has zero relationship. What we're talking Shoot, about it today feeds right into it. But do you think it does? Am I ready to retire? No. <laughs> <laughs> but some people are. So we're going to talk about you know some personal things. It has nothing to do really with investing. Some of it does, but a lot of it is more. Uh, where you are personally, mentally, but I, this idea of retiring and doing nothing, I don't think anybody's ready for that. And if they think they are not smart, but that's my take on it. And a lot of it, um, like you said, a lot of it, especially starting out, is, there's bigger factors than just the financial part of, it. I mean, that's a big part of it. Obviously that's what we, what we deal with. But a, a lot of what we do with our clients is it's not financial. Um, you know, it's talking through some of these things, you know, identifying goals. Um, but when someone retires, it's not just, uh, hey, I'm going to stop working and do whatever. I mean, it, it you have to consider a lot of different things, you know, mentally, where are you physically? Where are you? Um, we've seen, you know, a lot of our clients, they've, they're in a line of work where physically they've been beaten up, um, and physically they can't continue or don't want to continue in the same job. Um, so that, that's one big consideration. Um, but especially with men, um, our identities, a lot of times lie in what we do. Um, and it can be very hard to make a transition to n not, maybe it's a new career in something, um, or maybe it is retiring and doing nothing, quote unquote. Um, what's your identity? And yeah, but is that ever good for anybody to retire and do nothing? I mean, there may be a few people that it's okay. You know, yeah. they can just do nothing and they're fine with that. I'm not sure it's that good for you. Yeah. And it, that's, 
that's the thing that, and this is very individual uh, with each person, you know, things to consider, what are your hobbies? You know, how are you going to fill your time? Um, It's, you can only do so much fishing. You can only play so much golf. I mean, you, you might have these hobbies that you think you like to do, or that maybe that you do like to do, but at some point, you run out of the the gusto to keep doing it, or that hobby uh, starts to feel like a, a, a task. It's not fun anymore. Um, so when you retire, you lose some of your identity, um, and you have to have something to replace that with. Um, and we, we've seen people that have been very successful in doing that, and we've seen some that uh, – physically and mentally they've declined, um, because they didn't have, uh, all their, all their eggs, uh, in a row, so to speak, you know, they, they didn't have that thing to keep them going. Yeah. And I, I, I've said this several times on here, but I'll never forget. I was working at, uh, I was working out at the Toyota gym and, uh, I was, there was this guy there and I was talking to him and Asked him how long you'd been a Toyota, and he said twenty-seven years. I said, "Well, heck, you're you're getting close to retirement age." And he looked at me and he said, "No, I I don't think I'll ever retire." He said, uh, "You just die quicker that way." Is is, is the way he put it. And you how know, did you get in the Toyota gym? Well, you got some side gig going on? No, no. Uh, this was this was before I worked here, actually. Oh, but okay. Um, if you know, it, I, I got sponsored by an employee. <laughs> um, but I'm just kidding with you. Anyway, you live in Georgetown for full disclosure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, that you know the that rings so true here. Um, you know, after after being here for eight years, is that you know when if you don't have a plan for what you're going to do when you retire, you will deteriorate very very quickly. You know, you have to keep your mind and your hands occupied. Mm-hmm. There was a. It was a really interesting article, uh, Wall Street Journal, a couple weeks ago. Um, this guy, he was a, a sociologist, and he he was he, he specialized in um, aging and studying aging and the effects that it had on people. And um, uh, he was he was talking about he retired, and um, you know he said I I thought I knew exactly what to expect because his life had been dedicated to studying aging and retirement. Um, and, uh, he, he, he said some of the things were as he expected. Um, but there were others that were totally different. And one of the big issues was, uh, identity. Um, and he said he knew when he retired that that identity would change. Um, but he said, you know, he was still kind of in the loop. He's kind of, it was kind of a phased retirement. And so he would get updates of different things that were going on, administrative changes, different things. And he said, as you know, the months went on, he realized that he was more and more out of the loop on these things. And he said, you know, I knew that I couldn't go back in uh, and really be to the level I was before. Uh, and this was just over, you know, a relatively short period of time. Yeah. And so this is one of the biggest things that, and this is, again, this is something the individual has to, to reconcile with themselves when you're considering retirement. Um, you know, all the other financial pieces of it, which we'll, we'll talk about some of these, uh, but all those are secondary 
if you don't have your mental and physical well-being, you know, taken care of first. I just happen to believe that if you can continue to produce some kind of cash flow from some sort of employment, that it's a good thing rather than just to stop and totally rely on social security and your savings and investments, because having done this for as many years as I have, I, I know the, um, the uh, nature of investments can be precarious. Uh, no matter how good your investment portfolio is, uh, there can be a, an element of uh, unpredictability about it. That, that's true, yes. Um, and I think, you know, if you are also generating some sort of uh, cash flow, whether you need it uh, or not, I think it also gives you a certain, uh, you know, mental uh, feeling of uh, security, which uh, yeah. I think which goes a long way. It's a feeling of productiveness. And plus, you know, if you're in an organization, it's the camaraderie, you right. know. I right. mean, uh, you guys get to see me. <laughs> right. And I can't imagine that you wouldn't love that idea. Qual the quality of life would decline. It's a quality of life deal. It really is. No, seriously. The, the thing I do love about working is I do love camaraderie. There's that time when we're all sitting around, somebody's making a joke, something, something's happening, you know, and it's fun. I mean, it really kind of keeps me going. And I've had that in many different office situations over the years. And when I haven't had it, I suffered. To, to that point, too, though, it, that is actually, in my opinion, probably the best phase of life to be in because you've reached a point where financially, hopefully, you're probably, you probably do have enough saved up that, yeah, you can live off your investments and, yes, you can, you know, you can make it. But you've also reached a point where, now you've got a job that gives you, you know, you, you do have a sense of purpose from it, but your stress levels are, have gone from a nine to a one in that. It never goes to a you, one. You don't, <laughs> well, but you're in a position where you don't necessarily, you're not emotionally tied to that job anymore. Yeah. You know, it, it gives you a sense of purpose, but there are other things that can give you a sense of purpose too. It, and this is this is something we've seen, you know, varying degrees over the years. Um, you're talking about worry and different things. Um, when somebody's starting out and they think, well, if I get to this point, then my worries will decline. Oh, oh it, gosh. It, it, it's just it crazy. Doesn't, it, it, it doesn't it, work. It, well, it's based on lack of experience. That's right. And lack of experience means lack of wisdom and yeah. you know look at a marty whitman or a, or a, who's the guy the 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 he's almost 90 he uh uh cooperman oh yeah yeah i mean Leon. those guys you know they keep going i mean you know yeah. i don't know about jean marie Evayard if he's still around but uh the different ones i mean in our business so but the, you can do this in other businesses too the problem with doctors is you got to have that uh, malpractice insurance. insurance, and they only want to see like 
15, 20 patients a week, you still got to pay. And that's an injustice to doctors because they get sidelined at age 70. And there's different occupations. It's, it's different for different ones. But each person has to have a sense of what they're doing every day. The worst thing in the world is to get up and realize I got nothing to do. Yeah. Think, think about like the, the retired guy that becomes a Walmart greeter. That's the happiest. That's probably one of the I happiest people you're going to meet all over it. <laughs> and he's all over. He's it. found something that he enjoys doing. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. you know, one of the best compliments that, you know, clients can pay to us is they say, you know, I don't worry about it. Um, cause worries a, a big thing. You, you, you never get away from, risks in your life and you have to learn how to cope with various risks and understand what they are. And, you know, like I was saying, if you get to X point, I'm not going to worry about this. Well, yeah, you will. You'll worry about that or something else. You know, if they, well, if I get to a million dollars, I'm not going to worry about money. Yeah, you will. You'll worry how to protect that million dollars. If I get to X amount of income, I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah, you will. Cause you're going to worry about how do I protect that income or how do I deploy that income or how do I put that to best use? And so a lot of what we do, I mean, it's, it's not a one and done thing. You know, we, we, we don't meet with our clients and say, don't worry about the market today just because of this. Well, it's an education thing and that's how you mitigate worry and learn to cope with it. You know, you, you cope with risks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, uh, the, the series at my church, I go to Southland, you know, is it's on, um, war basically, but like different wars that go on and, and, you know, trusting God and that, you know, the first, so this Sunday, it was like the first thing to do is to admit your fear. You know, fear is a, a is a healthy thing. You know, worry is a healthy thing. Self awareness. But when you you bottle it up inside yourself, that's when you it's an unhealthy thing to have happen. You know, and and that's where we as advisors play a huge role in that. You you said it, Mike. You know, we're kind of a, a psychologist, um, a life coach, uh, a, a money manager, all wrapped in one. Where yeah. it's you know we listen to the fears and we help give constructive criticism to those fears or. Well, it's through education and over a long relationship, hopefully you've been able to convey something, you know, education or something that, that the client has, has taken that, you know, hopefully we can alleviate one part of worry from the client's life. Um, and it, it really is. It's one of the best compliments that uh, our clients have given us and can give us. Exactly. Well, life is a process. It doesn't end until you're gone. Uh, you have to have a purpose. You have to have a reason for existence. Now, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a business person. I'm a capitalist. I measure things in monetary terms. That's how I do stuff. It doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just the way I think. And I am cut from that cloth. I'm not going to apologize for it, and I'm not going to champion it either. It's just what it, it's what I am. And I tend to think that producing an income of some kind means that you're rendering a service that somebody's willing to pay for. 
you know, and this idea, well, I'm doing, you know, it's all ministry or not that there's anything wrong with that. I think that's fine, but you have to be, you know, cognizant of the fact it's got to be something that's commercially, uh, valuable. There's nothing wrong with making money, you know, um, it's, it's just a sign that, that you're involved in the economy and, uh, um, and, and therefore, uh, and I, that's not to say that you're not worth anything. If you're not making money, that's not what I said, because sometimes people can't, but there's a lot of people who could, but they don't. And I think that's regrettable. And, and because I think you're missing something. I really do. I think you're missing out on a satisfaction, not that making money is all there is, but you know, it, it's a, it's a way of measuring your output. Well, and our goal at Dupree financial group is to educate, guide and empower our customer clients. Um, and through this radio show, we hope to do the same thing. That's one of our missions in being on the air every week is that you learn something. If you are considering retirement, you've had it with your job or your job's had it with you, we are here to lend an ear. You can always send us a chat on our homepage of our website, DupreeFinancial.com. You have been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Adarsh Meshru, Philip Sexton, Mike Johnson. And our host, Tom Dupree, will be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. There'll be more good information. Look scary. Must need some money. Here's a grant for you. A grant Joe, for you. what are you doing? This stuff doesn't grow on trees. He's not the only one handing out cash. Twelve chances a day to put a grant in your hand. Grant for you. Go take a nap. Come on, man. On News Radio 630 WLAP. In many years of investing, I have come to the following conclusions. First of all, investing is not speculating. Investments driven by research take a great deal of risk out of the equation. Secondly, investing properly takes time. Third, no amount of time can make a poor investment a good one. We would like to help you with this process. We are qualified to do so. As a registered investment advisor and a fiduciary, we are able to provide you with an unbiased opinion concerning your investments. Call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a no-obligation review of your investment portfolio. Also, listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturday mornings from 7 to 9 at News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. That's Dupree Financial Group at www.dupreefinancial.com. We're a farm store, a family store. Look what I found store. We're a store made for real people and some real beasts. We're a hey neighbor kind of store and an everyday low price store. We're Rural King and we're working hard to be your favorite store. Check out the huge selection of men's, women's and kids Wrangler clothing at the lowest prices every day. Like these Wrangler retro bootcut jeans for just $49.99. 
I'm Brenda Connor, identity theft victim. No, I'm Brenda Connor. Too bad it's hard to tell which Brenda is real. That's what you think. I've got LifeLock to monitor my info and alert me to potential identity threats. And if I become a victim, they help fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can help protect what's mine. How about that, Brenda? Thought so. Join LifeLock by Norton and save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with promo code NEWS. Did you know that you might be overpaying for your prescriptions? It's okay, because there's an easy, convenient solution. Check GoodRx. GoodRx lets you compare prices at different pharmacies and shows you where to get the lowest price. Here's Joe, a doctor and GoodRx customer. I was able to look up some medicines that I was going to get, and it saved me a good amount of money. GoodRx is helping millions of people, and it can help you too, for simple, smart savings. Check GoodRx. GoodRx is not insurance. In 2020, GoodRx users saved an average of 79% off retail prices. Individual compensated for their time. Visit GoodRx.com forward slash radio to learn more. It is definitely on the chilly side out there for the overnight hours as we continue to fall through the 50s into the 40s overnight and even lower 40s, maybe some upper 30s showing up by Monday morning. Otherwise, another dry day out there for Monday, mix of sun and clouds. Clouds increase, though, later in the day. That's ahead of another cold front that's set to move in, but highs before that going to get around the mid to lower 50s for the afternoon hours. I'm WKYT, your host, Adam Burston. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the Red State Barbecue Studios. This is News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, Phil Swift here. When that next storm is barreling down, get prepared with the Flex Seal family of products. Floods can destroy your home. Push Flex base deep into cracks and holes to help prevent flooding. Seal doors and windows, patch leaky roofs and downspouts. Remember, when that storm is coming your way, keep your family safe and dry. Be prepared with the Flex Seal family of products. Available at FlexSealProducts.com and fine retailers. In another ad, I ask if money has any value. I'll answer that question by saying that money has no value other than what it can buy. If you've been to the grocery store lately, you know that money doesn't do what it used to do. Investments are good only insofar as they maintain the purchasing power of the money invested in them. In other words, an investment's value is only to the extent that it makes you more than inflation takes away from you. If you'd like to have your investments examined by our team in order to discern whether or not they can keep up with inflation, call the Prefinancial Group at 859 233 0400. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturdays at 7 a.m. or on the podcast at DupreeFinancial.com. That's DupreeFinancial Group at DupreeFinancial.com. 6.30 WLAP.
Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us, Adarsh Mashru, Philip Sexton, Mike Johnson, our host, Tom Dupree. We are covering the topic of Am I Ready to Retire? It's been a good conversation and discussion in the first half of the hour, and it's going to be a good one in the second half, too. Take it away, Tom. All right, Mike, you're going to get into some of the uh, mathematical elements of this deal. Yeah, so let's move on past the, the first question. Where are you physically and mentally? Um, and you decide I am going to retire and now I need income. Um, so you have to look at what are the, the sources of income? Um, you know, do you have a pension, uh, from the employer? Uh, what will your social security be? Um, now this part of this hinges on how old you are. Um, you have to look at, uh, where your assets are located, uh, if it's in a 401k, if it's in a 403b, uh, if it's in an IRA, a Roth IRA, uh, if it's in a regular investment account. Um, so you have to look at where first, how old you are and where your assets are located and then how much you need in income. Uh, so this whole, uh, production of income in retirement, it's a balancing act. Uh, so let's say you're 60 years old and you retire and you have IRA, 401k, social security at age 62. Um, you look at when the cash flows will start and you look at what are the tax ramifications. Now we're not CPAs, um, we're not accountants, but we can give information on where would be the best source to take these things. So if you have a 401k and you're 56 years old and you're retiring and you need some stream of income, what's the best way to do that? Um, you have several options, um, could be a 72 T, uh, which is, it foregoes a penalty, um, or it could be taking distributions out of the 401k. You have all these considerations, um, but you need to first identify how much you'll need, what the sources will be, and look at that in conjunction with, with your age. Um, next thing, once you decide that, you need to see how, what, what the withdrawal rate will be. You know, is it a 2% withdrawal rate? And what I mean by that is how much are you taking out of the, the pool of, saved funds. Are you taking 2% or 4% or will be 5%? Um, and then once you know what that withdrawal rate is, that's when you can back into, is this a workable, uh, plan? Yeah. Because ultimately that withdrawal rate and your age, uh, are kind of an inverse thing. Um, meaning that, you know, and you've probably read it, a million times if you've studied this is that a good rule of thumb in the in the financial industry is a four percent rate of withdrawal um that allows you to have a have a standing weight a rate of withdrawal but also allows it to hopefully grow above that uh, with the rate of return to offset inflation now if you start at four percent and you're 56 and let's say longevity runs in your family 
that's a very long time to try to to do a four percent withdrawal rate. So you know if you're if you're fifty fifty five looking to retire and you know your parents are still alive or your grandparents are still alive, you know, like let's say you've got a grandparent that's in their hundreds. You know, that's when you have to look at that and go, wow, this this has to last me for 50 years, potentially. Well, and you look at that, um, let's say somebody's 55 and they started working at age, let's say, 20. Um, so 35-year work life, and they're saying, I'm retiring, and I'm going to draw out of my savings for the rest of my life. You could be drawing on your savings or hope to draw on your savings longer than what your actual work life had been. Um, that's that's when you have to really step back and, and say, is this a workable plan? Is it feasible? Because what's the biggest risk? The, the thing that everybody's worried about that we are paid to worry about for our clients is will you outlive your money? Yeah, very much so. And that's where, you know, if you're thinking of retiring early, the lower withdrawal rate, the better. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there, there's other pieces. And I think, you know, now is a good way to transition into that next part is you need to look at your entire financial picture. So what debts do you have? How long do those debts amortize for, you know, what does it make sense to pay off debts early? Um, you know, when you hit retirement, hopefully, you know, you, you're now starting at a base of zero on an income perspective. So does it make sense to maybe pay off the last $50,000 worth of the mortgage or to, or to continue to pay 700 a month for 10 years or something like that? You know, that's, there are things that you need to make decisions on from that perspective. Right. It, it's all about cash flow and trade-offs. You know, if you pay off the mortgage, your cash flow increases, but then you have less assets that are generating an income. Um, so that's when you can, you know, crunch the numbers um, and take into account, uh, you know, uh, your own feelings towards debt. Um, you know, if you're paying off something that's costing you 4% today, well, you can't get a risk-free return at the bank at 4%. Well, I, last year, 2020, I had, we had some, some cash and, uh, we had some debt and, uh, I thought, you know how to invest this and something inside of me said, no, you can be debt free. Do it. We did. I don't regret it. We would have, <laughs> if we'd bought the right stuff, we probably would have doubled it by now. And, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But I knew that I wanted that sense of, of, of not having any debt. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, I'm 63 years or was 63 years old at the time. I'll be 65 in about, uh, two days. So, I mean, if anybody listening to this show, well, it'll already be past my birthday cause we're doing this on a Tuesday, but you can, you know, you can call me. I can give you my cell phone number. I mean, uh, I, I really wouldn't mind being shown a little love, you know, <laughs> 65. It only happens one time, you know, no, I, I, I there, there, it's funny. At this point in my life, I am 
the age of, and even past some of our clients, you begin to have certain realizations and they come on you quick. Sometimes you see things a little more for what they are or what they were, what they are now. And you begin to real, there's some things that just aren't as important to you anymore. There's other things which are way more important. So retirement, I would say that in retirement, the financial part of it is probably the least. It may be the lowest thing on the totem pole. It's about the emotional element of it. It's the idea. Do I still have any worth? Am I of value to anybody? That's why I do emphasize continuing to earn money if you can. One of the things, you know, that you, you, you talk on here, mortgage and other debts, payoff versus amortization. I mean, I just think older people, if they can, they should pay their debts off. We don't know what the market's going to do. That's right. But it's nice to own your stuff free and clear. Um, as for, uh, you know, you, you got this thing on here. What is risk? Risk is uncertainty. Most people that have been investing for a number of years are comfortable with financial risk. Therefore, financial risk to them really isn't risk anymore. Because risk on a personal level is the thing that you don't expect coming at you, coming at you. And most people expect at some point a down market, right? They, they figure it's going to happen and therefore it, they're no stranger to it. I mean, look at how, you know, our people have not freaked out when we've had down markets, but the, in, in, in disease and sickness usually isn't a risk so much. So it's usually something else that you're not thinking of. That's where the risk comes in. It's it's exactly like um, I think we did it last year that Mike Rowe uh, interview with the, I think it was on the Joe Rogan podcast, the Dirty Jobs guy, where he, yeah, he's I love that about guy. Where, uh, a I've risk. tried to get him on the show, but he's hard to get to. Oh yeah. If anybody knows something, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> He's a, he's, he talks about being a risk third society and that, you know, there are certain risks in your everyday life that you bake in. Um, whether it be, you know, every time you get behind the wheel of a car, it could be the last time Absolutely. But you bake that into your, your daily life. You don't let it stop you. Um, so that's where that conversation has to happen, where what risk do you actually have baked in? What risks are you comfortable with? Because like you said, it's the ones that, you're not comfortable with are the ones that you that you need to make your decisions based off of um you know if you're comfortable with a certain amount of market volatility that's fine if you know if if your decision is based on hey i want to retire but i don't want to lose any you know i don't want my principal moving and this thing has to last me for 50 years well you're having unrealistic expectations at that point and that's yeah. where that conversation has to flow through. When you think about market risk and volatility, just, just volatility in the market, when we're 
educating our clients. Um, a big part of what we're doing is try to mitigate the emotional risk that, that can translate to financial risk. Because what the risk is in a down market is somebody saying, sell everything, I can't take it. Um, that's when the emotional uh, side of things translates to real risk because you're selling at the bottom. Who have you gotten? If you look back at clients that have said, go to cash, typically it's been people who spend a lot of time watching CNBC. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't have enough to do sometimes and they want to become market timers. And I, I don't really even trade my own account because I'm not smart enough to. I'm in this business, been doing it 42 years, and I just told you I am not smart enough to know when to buy and sell and, and do it profitably or go to cash and that kind of thing. I just don't know. And the older I get, the dumber I am about it. I mean, because this stuff happens that you've never seen before. And people who think they – it would be like me, you know, playing a few rounds of golf and suddenly thinking I'm an expert. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't happen. You're always going to be wrong. You, you, you will be wrong. Um, and that's the, the whole point of, uh, what we're trying to do for our clients, which is step back, take, you know, have perspective, have a long-term plan and, we, we don't throw that out there as just kind of a, oh, I have a long-term plan. There's, there's a lot behind that, you know, understand what the process is, you know, why things are done like they are, are done. Um, you know, how does your advisor react in a down market? Um, do they buy more? Do they sell? It, it, you need to know exactly how the money's invested and have a clearly defined plan on how things are going to work. Right. Um, and so that helps mitigate, uh, the, the volatility risk, which can translate to a long-term permanent loss. Um, if the emotional side of it's not, uh, taken care of. Um, and that they, they gets into, you know, the investment, uh, process, um, you, you have certain risks that you, you can't quote unquote diversify away from, um, yeah. you know, it can be, you know, interest rate risk or, uh, uh, reinvestment risk or just general market risk, dollar risk, dollar yeah. risk. Yeah. Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, we're, we're going to, we're going to go next week to totally denominating everything in Bitcoin. <laughs> Hang on. Cause it's going to be fun. I will That's give you the most prime example of why a plan, why a plan works and how a plan is so important and how this translates to retirement and your assets. So think back to your elementary school days. How many times did you have a fire drill? I mean, yeah. boom, the, the sirens go off. You walk out the door, single file line, line up with your class. 
and you never knew if it was a real fire or not. But they ingrained it into your brain, just just drilled. At drill, Henry drill. Clay, it was a bomb scare. Okay, they had so many bomb scares at Henry Clay. They'd have <laughs> one about every day. <laughs> they knew just that. the way it was, <laughs> and they had to they had to evacuate the school every time somebody. Did. I mean, they knew I don't how to know make how bombs they did back it, then. Yeah, the, <laughs> we had a security guard named Shaft. Everybody called him Shaft because of the movie. He'd be, it was so funny. <laughs> but <laughs> to that point, you know, Good it, point. It, you if there was a fire, even if there was a fire, you would just think it was a drill. Boom, sirens go off, single file line, out the door. Every kid gets out of the school alive because they followed the plan. You know, if there if if you didn't have a plan, if there was just like there was no sirens, no nothing. Boom, school goes on fire. What do you think happens in that instance? A lot of people don't make it out, probably. You know, same principle with this is if this happens, this is how we're going to approach it. You know, and, and you instill it into the plan. You just continue to, to talk about it because ultimately it could happen and you need to have a plan for it. And that is how... In, in the financial world, but also in the real world, how you stay alive. Yeah. You can't have a plan for everything. You have to be helped by things you can't see. For me, it's God's grace. I trust in that. It's the thing I can't see. I set my feet down every day, but I don't direct my own steps. I ask for help. You have to have that, in my opinion. That's got to be a part of it, but at the other side of it, you have to do the things that you can do the best. You have to, you know, try your best. And then uh, sometimes on top of that, you receive grace to do the next thing that you didn't know you had. You know, it, it's and especially as you get old, there's things in the Bible about don't forsake me when I'm old because you're more vulnerable. Your senses aren't as reliable, your sight, your hearing, your, your, there's things about getting older that it makes you more alone. You, you feel more alone in the world. That's why I love older people because we've been, and we've been very fortunate in our company, especially with widows, people who don't have anybody, you know, we've been able, and I would call it blessed to be able to be of help to people who don't have that kind of help. In fact, we've been very successful. It's like we've been given the ability to be successful above and beyond what it would with the normal client, because we realize the vulnerability of the person, the, 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 the needs that they have, we're all vulnerable. But some of us are especially more than others at times, and, and that's been a thing we've been able to help with. And blessed to do so. And it will not be involving Bitcoin, Tom. You no, I mean, that was a joke. Oh, if yeah. you hadn't Lord, figured that out Lord by now, have mercy. you're becoming vulnerable. Yeah, if you're a new listener, you might not have gotten that fact. It was a joke. Okay, we got that, Bill. My All jokes right. are usually pretty good. Okay, so my point at the end of this segment is do you have someone you trust to help guide you to and through retirement if you need another set of eyes on your retirement plans we're here to help you can find us at duprefinancial.com 
send us a message on the chat tab. And there's also a tab where you can send us an email, info at dupreefinancial.com. We appreciate you listening. We hope, as always, you've learned something. And we'll talk to you next week. Inflation rising. More expensive. Gasoline. Uh-oh. Fish and eggs. Bacon. Bacon. Threatening holiday shopping. <laughs> oh, no. Check in often for the latest. Have some cocoa. <laughs> With News Radio 630 WLAP. In the world of investing, there's a debate about what has value. Does money have value? What about stocks, bonds, gold, oil? A good rule of thumb is that something that has value will continue to be useful no matter what happens in the markets. So that might include things like water, real estate, food, and energy. The paper which trades on a daily basis in the stock and bond markets actually derives its value from underlying assets which perform a function in daily life that is unrelated to the markets. Figure this out and you will do well at investing. If you'd like to know more about your retirement investment accounts, give Dupree Financial Group a call at 859-233-0400 and we'll set up a no-obligation review of your accounts. And be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturday mornings. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400.